0: this morning if you can if you have your bibles you can go to hebrews chapter 11 if you were here with us wednesday night i'm going to pick up where we left off some of this may sound familiar if you were with us wednesday but i just want to go go again and take a look at faith and what faith is how faith operates Hallelujah. It's a good day to be in the house of the Lord. <laughs> Jesus is alive and the Holy Spirit is moving this morning. Today, if you need a miracle, I believe you can leave this place healed, delivered, set free. I'm, I'm so glad that about 50% of the crowd over here agrees with me. If I believe that you can leave this place healed, delivered, and set free. Amen. Today's the day for a miracle for you. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, now faith is. Now, I'm just going to pause there. Again, if you were with us uh, Wednesday night, some of this might sound a little familiar, but I just felt of the Lord that I needed to revisit this again on Sunday morning. But now faith is. Faith is present tense. It's now. Now faith is. You know, we're really good as Christians a lot of times to focus in on our past. We're really great at saying, well, you know, so-and-so hurt me, so-and-so let me down, The church offended me, the church did that. And we're, we're great at looking at our past. But the question I have for you is, what is God doing today in your life? What is He speaking today? You know, you might be here this morning and the Lord has spoken to you about things to come. He's given you a word for your future. Maybe He's given you direction for your life. And you're looking at life and circumstance and situation and saying, well, that's going to be a great day when I arrive there. That's going to be, you know, God's called me to ministry and I, I, I can't wait till I get the microphone and I get to be the preacher or whatever the case is. You know, I'll, I'll be somebody or something's going to happen far, whatever. But what is God saying today? That's great, you're called to ministry. But are you leading a small group today? Are you in Bible college? Are you taking the steps to walk out what God's called you to today? What is God speaking to you today now faith is you know Paul says these things in Hebrews now faith is considering now considering these things what did he say in the previous chapter so now it's kind of saying now that we've taken a look at these things what did I say let's consider the things that I just said so in verse 35 of Hebrews chapter 10 It says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. This mic's a little hot, guys. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by... The just shall live by There you go. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but we are of those who believe to the saving of the soul. So what is it that, that Paul, the writer of Hebrews here, is saying regarding faith? He's saying that there is a revelation of Jesus coming, that Jesus Christ, the revelation of who Christ is, is soon coming. He will not tarry. The just will live by faith we will live by evidence of things to come that's what paul's address now faith is we are securely focused, and fastened on the coming of Christ. And I want to say to you today that Jesus Christ is soon coming. His coming is near and at hand. The, the disciples were all gathered around in Acts, in Acts chapter 1, and they're, they're having conversation with Jesus. And as they're having a conversation with, with Him, all of a sudden He begins to float up into the air. He begins to ascend. And they're standing there amazed at what's happening. And what did the angels, what happened with the angels? The angel said, the angel came and said, this same man, why are you looking? The same Jesus that that has ascended, he is coming back in like manner. In Acts chapter 1, let's go there, let's read that. In Acts chapter 1, he said, now while he had spoken these things, Acts chapter 1 and verse 9. While they watched, he was taken up in a cloud, received them out of the sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand up gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go up into heaven. What were the things that Jesus had just said? He was talking with them about being witnesses. This is the life of faith that you and I ought to live. It's a life knowing that Christ is coming back, Christ is coming soon, and we ought to live accordingly. We live according to faith. What was the life that Jesus was telling them they ought to live? Acts eight: You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You shall receive power and you will be my witnesses. There is the life that you and I ought to live. This life of faith in God is being empowered by the Holy Spirit to be witnesses. In every aspect of our lives, we are called To be witnesses. The only thing, I've said this for about how many weeks now? Five weeks in a row. The only thing that will change America is the fire of God touching believers. That the fire of God is burning in the belly of believers. That the power of God is resident on believers. That we're no longer powerless, sleeping Christians. But we are fully awake, fully on fire by the Holy Ghost being witnesses in our day. Full of the power of God. Amen? Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. He's coming soon. And we need to be ready for his coming. We ought to be ready and we need to make others ready for his coming. We need to make others ready for his coming. Can you turn me up just a bit? This mic is, I'm having fun this morning with this microphone. I'm straining. In Matthew, we find the parable of the, of the ten virgins. Five were ready for His coming. Five weren't. Five were living by faith. Five were not. Five knew. It was more than just a belief for the five who prepared themselves and made themselves ready. It was more than just an understanding that, that this could happen. It may happen. The bridegroom may come. No, this is wedding day. The bridegroom is coming. And I want to say to you today, it's not just a belief. It's not just a good idea that Jesus is coming. Wedding day is guaranteed. It's on the the calendar of heaven. It's marked. God knows. The Father knows the day of His Son's return. He knows the day of the wedding feast. And it's time that you and I get ourselves ready and get those around us ready and engaged for the coming of the Lord. Get ready. Five were ready, five weren't. The five foolish didn't have enough oil. They they had their lanterns, but they didn't have enough oil. Faith will cause you to have a full supply. When you live by faith, you're not looking at the circumstances. You're looking at what God says. Well, he'll come, you know, it's... It's wedding day, so he's coming right now. He's coming. You know, our job is not to figure out the times that he's coming. Our job is to live that he could come at any moment. That's right. Faith will see the spiritual time clock that's ahead of us. Faith sees what God is doing in the, in the hour in which we live. Our job is not to predict, but we know and we hear the, the same words that were spoken to the, the virgins as they were waiting, the, the bridegroom's coming. Behold, the bridegroom comes. Behold, the bridegroom comes. Is there, is there an urgency in your spirit for the hour in which we live? That's what faith is all about. Living by faith is understanding the day and the time in which we live and live accordingly. God said to Jonah, Jonah, get up. Arise and go to Nineveh. Are you all with me this morning? Get up and go to Nineveh and preach to Nineveh. Tell them judgment's coming. Nineveh was a, was a pretty uh, significant place to go and preach something like that. If you don't know the history of Nineveh, basically the, the things that they did in Nineveh would be make your, your blood boil, your toes curl, and all those wonderful things. You would have nightmares just to give you, just to give you a snippet. The history says of those that lived in Nineveh that they would, they would behead people and make pillars in their city of these heads of people that they had beheaded. We're talking about violent people. And God says to Jonah, Jonah, you need to go preach to these people. And Jonah is saying the same thing that probably 90%, 98% of us, maybe 100% of us in this room would say today, God, you're crazy. They deserve judgment. Look what they're doing. They're beheading people. They're, the, the atrocities of what Hitler did in World War II are very similar to you would just duplicated in Nineveh. That's the type of lifestyle these people had. Lord, they deserve judgment. And God said in the middle of it, I want you to go and warn them that judgment is coming. And, Nineveh, and Jonah runs the other way from Nineveh. He goes the opposite direction. Rise up. Rise up. Live by faith and not by what you see. America is under the the judgment of God. Judgment is coming if if we don't turn. Judgment is upon us. If we do not turn our faces to God, not politicians. I'm not talking about politicians now. I'm talking about the church. We need to turn our face to God and say, by faith, I know that you are not done with America. I know that judgment is pending. I know that right now that judgment is pending, but Lord, would you have mercy? And we begin to rise up like Jonah and begin to preach that the judgment of God is at hand. Repent, turn to the Lord. Does anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? Or am I just living by faith? Jumping back to Hebrews 11. Now faith is, it's the substance of things. It apprehends what is not perceived by the natural senses. It is the evidence of things. It's the evidence of things to come. It's the proof of things to come. It's more than a belief. It's more than a perceived idea. It is the reality of what God says. If you take a look at Jesus' ministry... At the beginning of Jesus' ministry in Luke chapter 4, he stands up in the Spirit of the Lord. He quotes Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. He begins to speak what God had called him to do. He identifies himself with the Scripture of what God had spoken to him. And then... And John, he says, in John chapter 5, he says, I do what I only see my Father do. In other words, he's describing this lifestyle of faith. He had identified who he was with Scripture. Faith was rooted in the knowledge of Scripture. He saw what God was doing because he had a knowledge and foundation of who God said he was in the Word. Faith is not some abstract Hope so that I, you know, God will give me the the best car, the best house, or whatever, fill in the gap. Faith is the reality of what God says in His Word and is rooted in that only. Ephesians says it's by grace that you have been saved, through faith. We are born again because we've heard the message of Christ. We have the reality of God that is deposited in our soul by the Holy Spirit. He makes us aware of the reality and our need for salvation in our inner man. And by faith we receive the gift of salvation. Did somebody, when you got born again, did someone come and hand you a physical gift and said, here's a gift of salvation, and you open up a physical No, you saw by faith. You understood by faith. There's an assurance in your heart by faith. That's how we know that we know that we're born again, is by faith. The Holy Spirit deposits faith in our heart. It is the proof of the invisible, the unseen world of God. We says that it is the title deed of things to come. Yeah. Our difficulty is that we often live in this sane world. We spend our time living in the world that we see, the tangibles in front of us. At some point, the unseen world has to become more real than the things that we see in the natural how does that happen? It doesn't happen by coming to an altar and saying, Lord, would you heal me? Would you heal my eyes? Would you heal my knees? Would you?" And we ask and we go on and on, healed, 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 healed. We've all seen that. We've, been in, we've all been in meetings where people come and they seek their healing. They seek the breakthrough. They seek the miracle and not the one who gives it. Faith is not deposited in you by seeking a blessing from the Lord. Faith is deposited in you by seeking the Lord. By having a hunger and a passion for Him. Allowing the Holy Spirit to deposit in you faith. Lord, help my unbelief. It doesn't happen by, you know... And, and we've seen this, we've all seen this. We've seen this this past week, and, and we, can, we can all tell the stories of maybe even personal stories, where, God, I, I just need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, baptize me in the Holy Spirit, baptize me in the Holy Spirit." And we come to an altar and we're just quoting every scripture and stand, "I believe I'm going to be baptized, I believe. I believe, I believe." Well, that's the problem is belief is different than faith. Yeah. When you have faith, there's no struggle. When there's faith, there's no struggle, you don't have to labor, you just receive. Did you labor over your salvation? Or did you receive your salvation? Why then would things all of a sudden change in the kingdom of God after salvation? God would say, freely receive. Why would it be a freely receive and then end? And now all of a sudden we have to strive and work to obtain from God. That's not how a loving father operates. The same God who loved you, who called you, who chose you, who's predestined you, the same God that's justified you, the same God that saved you is the same God who you can receive freely all of the blessings that He has available. Stop striving. By faith, faith, and we' see people all the time trying to struggle and labor, healed, I want heal. Stop seeking the healing and seek the one who gives it. Stop seeking the the, the blessing and seek the one who gives it. All of a sudden, who knows in his presence? He's going to drop faith in your heart, but maybe the blessing of the Lord and the fullness of what he has for you is going to come a little bit different than how you intended or what you thought. You might be coming asking the Lord for a breakthrough in your family. God, would you save my husband? Would you save my husband? Would you save. And there's nothing wrong with praying and asking those things. But we labor over things sometimes and ask God, why didn't you do it? And all of a sudden, God's standing there saying, it's not about your husband at this point. If you'd stop trying to control him, if you'd stop preaching at him every time that you saw him, if you'd stop quoting scripture in his face every time you saw him, then maybe I might have room to work in his life. (laughs) But because you've taken the opportunity to be me in his life, Faith causes you to see what God sees in the situation and not what natural eyes perceive. I'm not telling you to not ask God to be specific in your prayers. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that a lot of times that we put the emphasis on the gift and the blessing and what we're receiving instead of the one that we're receiving it from. If you start seeking the one who blesses, all of a sudden you'll find that faith will be stirred up in your heart for greater things than what you could ever ask for. All of a sudden, instead of just seeking that one encounter with God as you begin to open up your mouth and worship the Lord and you begin to seek the Lord instead of him just giving you just a small piece of blessing all of a sudden he gives you the whole vision he gives you the and when you're seeking God for a blessing in your home or salvation of your family members all of a sudden he gives you the full picture of what he's wanting to do in your family and how he's going to use use you to reach your family but because you were so centered on the one thing he couldn't speak to you about the rest. So worship the Lord. Yes, ask specific prayers. But ask the Lord to increase and to worship your, and increase your ability to worship Him. And as you do that, as He increases your ability and your capacity for worship, then faith becomes deposited by the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, like, like Abraham. We talked about Abraham on Wednesday night. Abraham. Have been promised, you're gonna be the father of many nations. You're gonna you're gonna be blessed. Everybody's gonna rise up and call you blessed. You're gonna be the, the father of all these nations, you're gonna have a son. All of these great promises, and Abraham standing there saying, I don't think it's gonna happen. I thank you, Lord, that yeah, okay. But I'm 99 years old. Ishmael, yeah, I know I had Ishmael and I'm not ever doing that again. (laughs) I don't know that this is going to work, God. And he says to Abraham, I am the Almighty One. I am the Almighty One. Not only was God promising Abraham a son, He promised him an inheritance. He, he promised him the blessing and favor and reputation. He promised him much more. Had Abraham just stayed focused on just having a son, he would have missed the entirety of what God was trying to accomplish in his life. But faith sees what the natural eye can. It hears what the natural ear cannot. I am the Lord Almighty, no matter what it is that the Lord has spoken to you today, not only is he able to do it, he has the power to do it, but he's willing to do it. If God spoke it, he's willing to accomplish and do what he has spoke in your life. I think about Jairus, you know, our scripture for the year, only believe, Mark 5, 36, Jairus' daughter has died. They sent word while Jairus, you know, Jesus always takes time for a testimony. And this woman, the woman with an issue of blood gets healed. And Jesus stops the whole procession on the way to Jairus' house. Oh, let's stop. Let's hear, let's hear what this woman, what's happened to this woman. And they, you know, who knows how long this took. And they're all just hanging out. And the whole time Jairus is saying, Jesus, my daughter's dying. Let's hurry. Let's get this on the road. Let's hurry. You know, we see the same thing happening with Lazarus, with Martha. Jesus, if you'd only been here... Faith sees what the natural eye cannot see. The faith's time clock, faith and the operation of faith and its time clock, does not out- operate on natural and man's time. God always is on time. It's his time. <laughs> it's his time. Not ours. And they send word, Jairus, your daughter has died. Leave the master alone. It's not worth it. And Jesus turns and he looks at Jairus. Only believe. The word believe there is not, a, again, it's not a mental understanding. It is to be fully persuaded. It is to be, have a conviction of the reality of the truth. Jesus turned to him and said, be fully persuaded. Don't doubt. You know, Jesus, don't doubt. You know, we're all created beings. And Jesus looking at us and saying, if you only have faith the size of a mustard seed, you'll speak. Don't doubt. How many of you are going to doubt? Raise your hand. Don't lie. Every single one of us are going to doubt. Every single one of us are doubts. It's in our nature to doubt. And so when Jesus looked at Jairus and he said, only believe, be fully persuaded, he was telling Jairus to do something in and of himself he could not do. It was by the Spirit of God in him that convinced him of the reality of the words of Jesus. How many times has Jesus spoken something to you or to I? And we hear and we say, God, I don't even know that that's possible. That's impossible. I could never do that. That could never be that way. By faith. Only believe. Only believe. Allow the Spirit of God to stir faith within the inside of you. Does anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? So. Jairus goes this way, only believe. And we know the story that Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead to be fully persuaded. Paul told Timothy, I am fully persuaded. I am convinced. I am fully persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. What does that mean? I know that the things that God has spoken, he's able to fulfill in my life. I know that he's able to accomplish I know that I don't have to look and be captivated by what I see in the natural. God is at work behind the scenes. God is at work in the unseen world. And I need to focus in. I need to zero in on what God's doing in the world around me. In the unseen world. Worship takes you into this place of being able to perceive and to see what the natural eyes can't see. Worship, as you begin to worship, you begin to magnify God. You begin to magnify Him. And all of a sudden, the things of this life begin to fade. And the unseen world, the world of the Spirit, becomes much clearer. Who is it that's able to raise the dead? Who is it? Who can say to the man whose, whose arm can't move? Stretch out your arm. Who is it that can look and stare down the tomb of Lazarus and say, Lazarus, come out? Who is it that can look into the dead situations of your life, the dead dreams, the hopes, the things that you thought were going to come to pass, your, your family situation? Who is it that can look into those situations and call life out? Jesus Christ. He is the only way, the only one that can speak life into those dead situations. He's the only one that can that can cause the crippled areas of your life to begin to straighten out. He's the only one that can cause the, the addictions and the bondage to be broken off your life. He's the only one that can cause the, the chains of immorality to be broken off your life. He's the only one who can break the bondage of depression and emotional anxiety and fears. He's the only one by by faith, only believe. Jesus is able. He's able to do. And He's willing to do. As you begin to discover God in His Word. As you begin to worship Him and discover Him in worship. All of a sudden, the reality of who He says He is. All of a sudden, the reality, the knowledge of who God is, is stirred up on the inside of you, and faith is released in your life. What doubt, what fear has plagued your mind? What doubt, what fear has captivated you and kept you from stepping into the fullness of God? Oftentimes, it's fear. Fear and pride are probably the two greatest things that will keep you out of the blessing of the Lord. I say this all the time. Fear, fear of not having enough, fear of not being able, fear of man, fear of whatever. Perfect love casts out fear. Whose responsibility is it to reveal the love of God in your life? What does Romans 5.5 say? The Holy Spirit sheds abroad the love of God in our life. If you need a reality of the perfect love of God, worship God. Worship Him. Lord, I need to know Your love more intimately, deeper in my life. And allow Him to love you. Allow Him to love you. Probably one of the most difficult things as humans for those that have been hurt, those that have been broken, is allowing God to love you. How could God ever love me? How could God ever love me? And then you don't want to receive the love. You hear about the love of God, but you don't want Him to love you. Because all of a sudden, if he starts to love you, that means that he's going into the areas of your heart and areas of your life in the dark places I'm trying to minister to you and bring life into those areas. I'm just taking time this morning because that, this is just penetrating hearts. The love of God Allow the love of God to penetrate your heart today and cast out fear and allow faith to be deposited in your soul. Amen? And then pride. Get rid of your pride. You know, the problem with pride is we don't know we have pride. <laughs> you're the most humble person that there ever was. How could you ever be full of pride? You're so wonderful. You're, you're wonderful. We should all sing your praises because you're the holy, holiest of all. Get rid of the things that inhibit faith. You know, it's like a plant. If you want a plant to thrive, you've got to give it the environment that it's going to thrive in. If you want your spiritual life to thrive, you need to create an environment for your spiritual life to thrive in. I'm just gonna keep preaching until somebody gets something this morning. So, you know, we'll we'll stay here until twelve thirty, one o'clock. We got it all day. I know it's Mother's Day. <laughs> but I'm just gonna keep rolling. Roll, buddy, roll. <laughs> now faith is the present tense. God wants to stir faith in your heart. Get out of your head. Stop trying to figure it out. Don't think, just drink. You know, how many times have we said that? You're not going to be able to figure out. Spiritual receptivity is not based on what you understand in your natural mind. Get out of your head. Stop trying to figure it out. Well, God, I know that you said this and this and this. Stop trying to control it. You cannot control A move of God. You cannot control the plan of God in your life. It's when you start trying to control it that you mess it up. Don't control it. Have faith. Have faith. Have faith. Only believe. Have faith. In Galatians chapter 3, in verse 13, what did Christ redeem us from? What did, Christ dele- what did Christ redeem us from? The curse of the law. You got it. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. What is the curse of the law? In Deuteronomy, if you go back, what was the curse of the law? Did they put it on the screen? Did you cheat? Did they put it on the screen? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. What is the curse of the law? If you live in sin, the, the effects of sin, the effects of sin in your life meant that if you were under the curse means that your health was under the curse. Your finances were under the curse. It means that your, your, uh, your reputation was under the curse. Everything was under the curse. Your life fell under the curse. But when Christ redeemed us from the law and the curse of the law, that means that we have been redeemed... From what? The curse of the law. It means that the effects of sin, we have been redeemed from the effects of sin in our life. That means that your health can be blessed. That means that your finances can be blessed. That means that every aspect of your life can be under the blessing of the Lord, but you can't receive it trying to figure it out in your head. It's by faith. Your natural mind will not understand it. Your natural mind doesn't understand how you can go from being depressed, confused, discouraged, anxiety, fear. And then all of a sudden, God's going to turn all those things around. And you're going to live in your right mind, blessed in your home, blessed in the city, blessed in your coming, blessed in your going, every aspect of your life under the blessing of the Lord. Your natural mind doesn't understand those things. But that's the life we're called to live by faith. faith. By faith. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Why don't you all come on back up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we worship you. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just come on and lift your voice with me this morning. Lord, we worship you. Increase. Lord, increase our faith this morning, Lord. Increase our faith this morning, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you have called us to live a life that's blessed under the blessing of life in the Spirit, not under the curse of the law, not under death and fear and pride and anxiety and worry and all those things. But Lord, you have called us to live by faith under the blessing of the Lord. We thank you for it, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccakron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father is so I awesome.